earlier this summer, I directed my first professional production of Midsummer Night's Dream. And now I feel like I'm really ready to direct it again for the first time. So Sam Hubbard, just this weekend, you closed in Henry V, Henry, Shakespeare's Henry V, playing the title role himself. You've now played Henry V for the first time. Are you ready to open and now start rehearsing for real? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Really am. And thank you for saying, why don't you take another shot at it, Sam? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 16th year, number 820, playing Henry V. I worked with Sam Hubbard in the Midwest premiere of Lauren Gunderson's The Book of Will back in 2017, so I was thrilled to see Sam play Henry V at the Michigan Shakespeare Festival this summer, directed by its artistic director, Janice L. Blixt. The Michigan Shake summer season closed last weekend, but Sam and I were able to talk about how Henry V began, how it went, and how it might go next time. It's only after doing it you go... Oh, now I know how to do it. Yeah, and I think that's those big Shakespeare parts are, are almost all like that. I mean, there are plenty of parts where you go, yeah, that's Tybalt, great. <laughs> and, and I would like to do it again, but but that's that's one version of Tybalt. And these, it's just, I don't know what, pick your metaphor. It's climbing a mountain. It's, it's like golf where you can never win. You can just test yourself and do your best each time. But no, I mean, every night I come off and I go, that was a, great attempt and um and not only is it i'd like to do the version that i'm doing better but you're going wow maybe i can do a 180 on the traitor's scene or whatever it is there's always a okay that was one version of it but now doing that i see the you know all the branches and different possibilities which is great and exciting and uh but yeah i'm hopeful i'm hopeful i get to do it again i mean of course there are many other parts but but this one, I'm like, yeah, let's 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 try it again. You know, let's do well, some let's different. Let's talk about how you came to this role and how you're the fact that you're finally playing it in 2022 when you were supposed to play it in 2020, and you're performing it in your hometown at Michigan Shakespeare Festival in Ann Arbor, Michigan. How did the role come to you in the first place? I I was really lucky to do Michigan Shakespeare in 2014. Uh, I played Laertes in their Hamlet starring Sean Fauch, which was a great time. And I was Guderius and Cymbeline. Um, and I just stayed in touch with them. And Henry V came along and Jan emailed me. Jan Blix, the artistic director, emailed me September, August in 2019 saying, hey, next season we're thinking Henry V. Do you want to be the guy? And I went, yes. Uh <laughs> You know, because that's just it's it, I don't have a ton of like dream roles, but that's always been absolutely one that I I felt like I had ideas about at least and 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 thoughts and and an opinion. Um, and the plan was summer of 2020 and uh, which was exciting in a swing state election year to to do a play that's all about leadership and offering one version of what I think effective leadership looks like. And that that was really exciting to to Chan, the director, and I, um, and 
thankfully she stuck with the play through pandemic. We were going to do it in 21 and maybe we could have if it were outdoors, but I love that it's an indoor festival. Um, and then finally this season we were able, we were able to do it. And so I really had so many, so much time to have so many bad ideas to, <laughs> to really, you know, fill scratch paper with, with, with uh, attempts that I'm glad I didn't pursue, you know, which was really something we don't get to do a lot of in American theater to have two years, not only to learn off the lines, but to go, okay, what if, what if I come on and go once more into the breach, dear friends, you know, and I thought about that. I thought it was a great idea for about a month. The Don Knotts <laughs> version. Exactly. <laughs> you know, to just to, to explore every cul-de-sac and flip, scenes on their head and go well what what if this and then go oh sam that's so dumb you know <laughs> um right. and then find it find a new version and that i i'm really grateful for because we don't what other circumstances do you get to let something germinate in your head for that long and to to have a light at the end of the tunnel through pandemic just to know yeah. that at the end of this 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 amazing role was was coming up well and i don't we worked together once uh, and I don't actually honestly know how old you really are, but you look about 19. Yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. you've got, you've, <laughs> you probably got 30 more years of being able to play Henry V. Knock on wood. Yeah. Somebody, um, I don't know if it was a Facebook or Instagram when they, the poster is, is a, you know, it's my face. And a few people said, oh, what an interesting choice going with a young Henry V. I love that. And I thought I am older than he was historically but let's just but than he was when he died historically but sure let's yeah hopefully hopefully I'll, I'll get a few more cracks at it but there's so many great Shakespeare parts too and so many other ones to explore but this one really feels like I don't know feels like home base for me in some ways was it I mean it sounds like the pandemic was a bit of a blessing in that sense because you got to explore cul-de-sacs and 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 uh, and avoid um uh, dead ends um but I know I have seen some I have seen some productions that uh benefit from benefited from two years of overthinking and some that didn't benefit from two years of overthinking um uh, uh, what I loved about your production, uh, the Michigan Shakes production, was that you guys were all on the same page. It really was an ensemble of uh, equals. You know, there wasn't, there really wasn't a weak link in the cast, which was lovely. And that's not always the case in big cast Shakespeare productions. No, no, I call it the intern drop-off, you know, where you're, mm. you know, people are rattling on da 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 da, and then the messenger comes in, and you're like, oh, that's that's great, they're giving this young actor an opportunity, but you feel the ball kind of, kind of drop, and that's really kind of you to say, yeah, I think in our production, um, especially the, as an actor, Jonathan Wallace, who plays the King of France and Pistol, yeah. so really every every scene I'm not in the first half, I. I kind of handed the ball to him and yeah. I was just lucky that he was, he was able to keep the ball in the air and be so much fun for the audience. And it's a fantastic double. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that double. Yeah. I, it's I, a, that's a big, that's, that's a lot. That's a big chunk uh, yeah. of text. In addition to Henry V, this ensemble, the Michigan Shakespeare Festival ensemble is also performing the Merry Wives of Windsor and uh, Shakespeare's classic Charlie's Aunt. <laughs> she yeah, Shakespeare by route of Brandon Thomas. Yeah, and, yes. I, and I would say it's an ensemble of 16, or it was this year, and 
pretty much everyone in Henry V is is was in Merry Wives, and then maybe ten of them were also doing Charlie's Aunt. And I I I got that show off. Um, fortunately for me, for the rest, but it's a fun play, and I kind of wish I was in it. But and in Merry Wives, uh, you know, Rob Kozlerik, who directed and adapted, I think you could call the script, is just fortunately takes a lot of the lesser known plays and adds bits and adds lines from other Shakespeare plays and ties up loose ends. And so it's, and it's set in the 1980s, our, our Merry Wives was. So it couldn't have been more different. I mean, I, I, my costume was, you know, I have had a wig and a beret and sunglasses and a, and a cane. And then in the other play, you know, doublets and leather and, and broadswords. So it's, it's so nice and refreshing to go two different worlds entirely in merry wives you can let the costume do the work entirely yeah entirely. Well, and the accent and the you know all of it all of it all the bits um uh, uh yeah my uh, uh my friend mia gosling saw it saw merry oh. wives mm -hmm. and uh and she was saying yeah they really messed with the script which is the only way to do <laughs> merry wives of windsor <laughs> i i think so yeah i was lucky rob directed the cymbeline i did with him at Michigan Shakespeare, and and we ended up doing it again in Chicago because I liked it so much. And he, we we both agreed we fooled a lot of people into thinking Cymbeline's a really good play. <laughs> it's just because he he cut the hell out of it and moves yeah. things around. Um, and, you know what's uh, great about Cymbeline yeah. is that the, is that it's a really satisfying play. The that last act, that last scene with everyone yeah. really gets together. And there's a lot of good things about it. I don't I don't want to throw it under the bus, but um, yeah. Now that you've done it, what do you feel like you know about the character or the play that you would like to go, oh, maybe it's this? I mean, you know, in two years when you're 22. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. I like this. This is good. <laughs> what would you what do you um, how how do you think you would take a or or are we still too close to it? You don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I think so. My way in or my sort of direction thesis about playing this part was to see how difficult it could be for for Henry for Hal to see how hard it could appear for him because I think sort of the not the flaw of the play but but one criticism I often have when seeing it and when I've done it before and in other roles is that he really can be so perfect and so noble and and so competent and it can look like he's skating through it and I wanted to find as many opportunities as I, as I could to show the pain and the difficulty and the compromise and the imperfections um, of, of leadership, because I also think we're pretty unforgiving of a lot of people in our culture. And I would like to present as many imperfect leaders and heroes as possible. And well, and Henry's a good poster child for that. He's complicated. Yeah. Right. And, and it's interesting because mm -hmm. I now think I, as much as you think about these things, you want to have interesting choices. At the end of the day, you've got to say the words that are on the page and make the actions of the play happen. And so sometimes when you think you're giving something a 180, you're really pushing in one direction. The play demands that you you follow the path that that Shakespeare gave you. And so I don't know. I think if I did it again, I would I would want to really blow it up and try to do something, at least in a workshop take it even further, you know, see, see how, 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 um, far I could take that without having anyone wonder, well, why are they following this guy? 
you know? Yeah. Um, Which is, that's and, a fair question. Right. Um, you know, I think we, we talked when you saw the show, you know, Kit Harrington just did a version where it's all about him descending into being a, an autocrat into a tyrant. And I'm, I'm not interested in the ironic version or the cynical version of this play, mm-hmm. which I know is being produced uh, with him and, and, and elsewhere. That doesn't excite me. I don't think that's, that's what I want to do, but I would love to see, you know, how, how many mistakes can he make? How, how, how bad can he be at this job that he just got? Um, and maybe to see how big of a change I can make from the first scene into the end and, and create maybe a bigger, clearer arc, which I don't think is really on the page necessarily. Um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a subtle one if it exists. And with the good news, bad news is that it gives you many opportunities to opportunities to go many different directions. Yeah. I think with whatever um, that is, I think each act has its own arc, you know, yeah. Dip, you know, diplomacy in the first one, rooting up treachery in the second, dealing with victory in the third, you know, defeat. So you think in the fourth, and then of course the fifth love and wooing a woman, but unifying all of those into some very obvious, neat change. <laughs> That, that you have in all of the tragic heroes of Shakespeare and many of the the, the leads in history plays is not quite in in Henry the V in my yeah. experience. So I would I would seek that out, I think. This is Mia Gosling, creator of Shakespeare webcomic Good Tickle Brain, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? The Reduced Shakespeare Company will return to touring next month, performing Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel in Rolla, Missouri on September 21st, Bloomington, Illinois on September 23rd, Jasper, Indiana on September 25th, and the Wharton Center in East Lansing, Michigan on November 9th and 10th. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Sam Hubbard, who just finished playing Henry V for the Michigan Shakespeare Festival. One of the two most striking moments from your production were unspoken. Uh, the the, the uh, uh, Mistress Quickly um, saying goodbye to Bardolph, Nim, and Pistol was incredibly moving. One lovely performance was by Demetria Thomas and Demetria Jonathan Thomas, yeah. Wallace and everybody else. Um, and then the other moment that is, I don't believe is scripted, but that you guys added is when Bardolph is sentenced to hang and Henry, the former Hal from Henry the Fourth, part one and two has that moment of it looked like regret um sadness disappointment it was lovely unspoken relationship stuff can you talk a little bit about those kinds of moments in shakespeare yeah absolutely it's you know you have a wealth of institutional knowledge with with shakespeare and i think that's some people might think you're stealing or you're borrowing and it's i'll, I'll take all of it you know mm. I, I don't care um and so in, in that scene with Bardolph that you mentioned, um, all that is in the text is Flewellen says, yeah, we didn't lose anybody at the bridge in this battle. There's just one guy who we got to hang because he uh, he robbed a church. His name is Bardolph. 
And most people find some way to get Bardolph on stage. In the Branagh film, you get filmed. So he does a flashback to Bardolph and, and Hal in the bar. Um, but what we were able to do is we timed it out. I'm, I'm really proud of the way, sort of the physical just timing of this moment is Flon says, we didn't lose anyone at the bridge. I walked downstage like, thank God. And he starts to say, except for one man who maybe you know, and he talks for a little bit. And then a soldier brings Bardolph out. I see him. I'm like, oh, and I audibly say, oh my God, I'm so happy I'm seeing my friend. And I go up and I'm walking, arms open, like I'm going to give him a hug because all I want right now is my friend from, you know, five years ago, this fun guy. And right when I'm about to hug him, that's when he lands on Bardolph. Yeah. And I put together that, oh, that's who you're talking about. Right. And we just sit there in this moment of me looking at him. And he's got his arms open, big goofy smile, Daniel Milhouse, great clown, comedic actor, waiting for me to pardon him, expecting I'm going to say it's fine for him. And I know I have to say, we would have all such offenders so cut off. And they take him out. And this was his idea, Daniel's. As soon as they take him out, before I say my next line, he gives a soft cry of, how? Yeah. How? It was and it's like, oh. You bastard, that's smart. Um, so that it's it's satisfying and easy to do. And what a great, I mean, I've read about productions where Exeter kills him on stage in front of people. I mean, if you if you look into the history, there's just so many options, and you get yeah. to you get to say, Well, no, that's too far, but I do want him on stage. We don't have the budget to hang him on stage, or well, what if what if you know, what if it's like this? And I, I love digging into the history of these things and trying to create your own based on what you've what's been done before for sure given that there are so many options with the character of 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 henry and in the and the play isn't a hundred percent clear what do you think is henry's uh relationship uh to his men i mean in some way it feels like it feels like the play is about who is henry that you know he's and you guys you, you guys just added that moment between Bardolph and the former Hal, um, the guy, the 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 guy that he bets with when he's in disguise in my favorite scene in Shakespeare, says, "Yeah, but when you were wearing that cloak, you were not the king." Um, and even to the even to Catherine, when you're wooing her, think don't think of me as a king. Think of think of me as a man. Who is Henry to himself, and who is Henry to his kingdom? Do you think in the play? That's yeah, that's a great question. I think that in in speaking of that scene, um, the the campfire scene, Act Four, Scene One, which is the by far the longest, I think, in the play. Um, I think when he goes to sit down with those three guys, he thinks, Well, I'm Hal, right? This this is my this is my wheelhouse. This I'm great. I'm like Jerry Maguire says, I'm great in the living room. You know, this is <laughs> this is what I'm good with, just chatting with the guys. And it really doesn't go well for him. His his rhetoric in that scene really fails, you know? And it's it's not that it's unsound logic, but to me, that scene is a discovery of, oh, I, I'm not this guy anymore. As much as I wish I was still Hal, who's just, you know, at the Boris head with with Falstaff and Bardolph and everyone else, I I that that's behind me now. I can't even tap into that. I think that. We wanted to emphasize every moment of Henry having the common touch, as it were. You know, he has a few lines of warriors for the working day. We've plotted like men for working days and, and trying to to lean into what I think Shakespeare is giving you, that he he does connect with the everyday 
people a lot, but he not, not in the way that he could when he was just Hal. And I think that in our production and, and what I believe in, we want to present having a, a common touch, being able to relate to anybody is, is a, is absolute must in a, in a leader. And we've seen recently leaders who don't have that at all. Um, and we wanted to lean into that, but there's a limitation on that, that yeah. because he is the King, he can't, he can't quite connect with Williams and, and those other two guys in that fire. And he, he has limitations to it. Um, is, is, is my opinion on it. And I think what I love about that scene is you think Hal walks into that campfire and is like, this is, this is my wheelhouse. I'm ready for it. And it, it falls short. Well, and it's interesting too, because it's exactly what Henry the fourth tells him he must do. He right. must win over the people to be an effective King. And that's what Henry had to do. Uh, Henry the fourth had to do, especially because he basically usurped the, the crown from Richard the second. Um, uh, and what I love too is that Williams is pretty cynical when he's talking about, oh, kings just say whatever they need to say to get the troops rallying behind them. And yet that's exactly what Henry does. And in the Branagh film specifically, and I think in your production as well, you see Williams in the back cheering along with everybody uh, for, during the St. Crispin's Day speech. So, so, so they're both, you're both right. Yeah, Henry is effective. And William's cynicism is correct. Yeah, it's, I mean, you want your leaders to be honest and, and forthright and true. And, yeah. you know, FDR didn't let anyone know he had polio. You know, there's some times where, where in times of crisis, you've got to put on a mask, a face. And and I think the, the play understands that and Shakespeare understands that. And what, I mean, just what radical thoughts for 1598 in that scene that the king's just a man. He has fears as we do. He can't, he wants to connect, he can't. You need the people. I mean, I'm I'm floored by it every night. You know, I, I was doing it just that that in a time of divine right, that this person is chosen by God, Shakespeare um had all these really profound thoughts 200 years before before our country's even born with these ideas, you know, it's it's really inspiring. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Send us your version of effective leadership via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespeareance.com. You can also follow Sam Hubbard on Twitter at samhubbardacts, and on Instagram, at the underscore insta dot Sam. Thanks, as always, to King of England, Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, and Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to William Dick. No reason, it's just random. Keep walking, Bill. Special thanks to Mia Gosling, the creator of Good Tickle Brain, the world's foremost and possibly only Shakespearean internet web comic. Find her at goodticklebrain.com. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 820, 2460ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company.
dude, thank you so much for doing this on your night off. Thank you for having me. I've a long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. <laughs> Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 So much less.